0: getting to be home at last i hope you are this morning as well i told you this morning my heart is full i've had lots of thoughts might ask you this morning if there's anything else on your heart that needs to be said or done maybe before we change the order of the service anything Amen. Amen. Appreciate this. Something else. Anything. This morning I've got just a simple fault. That's all right. Uh, but it's something that's been on our heart for a little while now. And uh, I have a great interest and a desire in your prayers this morning. And I, I really, I guess this subject is maybe to those that are lost. Uh, and uh, I want to tell you about it. I want you to to hear this morning. Jesus said, he that has ears, let him hear. So I want you to hear this morning. There's a, Lots of distractions, if you allow them to be a distraction around you. But church, I want you to be prayerful this morning, and that the word of God might go in, and uh, that it might have its effect. I told you this morning I, I'll get to my lesson just here in a minute. I've had a verse or two on our heart, and and uh, this is I want to read this, and we'll be our most of our reading this morning will be in Second King. But I want to read over here this morning in the 17th chapter of the Gospel of John. And I've got one verse of Scripture here this morning. And uh, and then we'll be going over to 2 Kings. Gospel of John in the 17th chapter. Jesus doing the speaking. He says in the third verse, He says, This is eternal life. Excuse me, this is life eternal, that you might know the only true God and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. He said, This is life eternal, that you might know the one true God and Jesus Christ whom he has sent. He said, That's my desire. He said, That's what eternal life is. That you might know me. And this morning, that's my desire, that you might know Him. This morning, I'm thankful uh, that I know Him. It's not by anything that I've done on my own, but rather it's what God has done for me that's allowed me to know Him and to have a relationship with Him. And that's my desire for you this morning. We'll be taking, I want you to think about that this morning as we go through our reading in the 7th chapter of the book of Kings is where we'll be taking our text from this morning. I guess if I had to title this subject, uh would probably be something along the lines of who can bring a clean thing out of an unclean thing? And that would be out of Job's writing. This morning as we look at our text, very familiar uh, with you, if you have your Bibles and you want to turn to 2 Kings in the 7th chapter this morning, uh, we know that Jehoram, the king of Samaria, uh, he, uh, which is the capital there of the northern kingdom of Israel, uh, that it that city had been besieged by the king of Assyria, Behindad, uh, And uh, that city had been besieged. And uh, those two uh, kings uh, despised each other and disliked each other. And I want you to know and understand that the circumstances of this uh, city there in the nor- northern kingdom of Israel being besieged, uh, they were in... Uh, uh, a great way of distress. Uh, it goes on to talk about how that uh, donkey's head had been sold uh, for uh, a certain amount of sum of money uh, and uh, different things. It talks about how uh, it had been sold for sco- uh, four score pieces of silver and a fourth part of cab uh, cab of dove's dung for five pieces of silver. Uh, It goes on to describe, now I don't know how much you know about donkeys this morning, uh, but there's not a whole lot of meat on them, There's as far as their heads would go. uh, There's not a whole lot of substance that you might think in uh, dove's dung, if you will. Uh, It had even gotten to the point that uh, this city being besieged, that uh, the women of the city, uh, at least we know on one account, had decided that they would eat each other's children. Uh, It had gotten pretty bad. Now, there's lots of things that I can imagine, but I'm telling you, uh, I grew up pretty poor. We uh, was raised up out in the country. Uh, We didn't have a whole lot of money growing up. Uh, But I can tell you this, I've never went hungry. Uh, Mama always made sure that she put uh, food on the table. There was always things for us to eat. Uh, We was always clean. We always had those things. Uh, But I've never experienced this kind of hunger. I can't even begin to imagine what it'd be like to sit around and say, well, uh, we'll eat uh, your child today or we'll eat my child today and tomorrow uh, we'll boil and eat your child. Folks, things had gotten pretty bad. And this king, uh, Jehoram, He uh, had been walking out along the wall and uh, different things, and he had heard these things, and uh, the Bible says that he rent his clothes. Uh, He was disturbed by the things that he had heard and the things that he had seen. And he'd become uh, angered, if you will, at the man of God, the prophet of the Lord, Elisha. He'd become upset with him. And uh, that'll take up our reading. He sought out even that he might... uh, Take his head. In second Kings in the seventh chapter, we want to take up our reading. It says then Elisha said, Hear ye the word of the Lord, thus saith the Lord, tomorrow about this time shall a measure of fine flour be sold for a shekel, and two measures of barley for a shekel, and the gate of Samaria. Then the Lord, on whose hand the king leaned, answered the man of God, and said, Behold, if the Lord would make windows in heaven, might this thing be? And he said, Behold, thou shalt see it with thine eyes, but thou shalt not eat thereof. And there were four leprous men at the gate, entering in in of the gate. And they said one to another, Why sit here until we die? If we say we will enter into the city, then the famine is in the city, and we shall die there. And if we sit here, we die also. Now therefore come, and let us fall into the host of the Syrians. If they save us alive, we shall live. And if they kill us, we shall but die. And as they rose up in the twilight to go into the camp of Syrians, And when they were come into the uttermost part of the camp of Syria, behold, there was no man there. For the Lord had made the host of the Syrians to hear the noise of chariots and the noise of horses, even the noise of the great host. And they said one to another, Lo, the king of Israel hath hired against us the kings of the Hittites and the kings of the Egyptians to come upon us. I want to stop there for just a moment with our reading. And we may pick back up. I want you to know this morning that this king, uh, what you'd say, he had a a lot of disbelief in him. Uh, He wasn't able to believe. He said, uh, this thing might be if God would open windows up in heaven. He said, this thing might come to pass. Now I want you to know this morning that I have uh, made a, a statement here before and do pray for us for just a moment of time. I've said here before that, uh, my friend, the only thing today, uh, my friend, that uh, if you're not willing to repent and turn to God, my friend, your disbelief in the Lord Jesus Christ, if you fail to do that, if you fail to believe in the Lord, my friend, this morning, you'll go to hell. I want you to know and understand that. I don't want to get anything mixed up or anything misquoted, but I certainly want you to know this morning that my friend, uh, uh, the sin of unbelief, that it can be forgiven. I want you to know that and understand that this morning. That it can be forgiven and God wants to forgive it. And God wants to help you with it. He wants to help. This king, he said, if God would just open a window in heaven, might these things be? I realized this morning that uh, people hear the Word of God and they they say, well, I don't see Him. I don't understand. I I can't see Him visibly. But my friend, this morning, I'm thankful to God that I can feel Him. I've never seen Him with my eyes. I've never seen Him. But thanks be unto God, He's... Spoken to my heart. My friend, I have felt Him throughout these walks of life. I know Him this morning. He said, that is life eternal. That you might know the one true God. And that you might know whom He has sent. Jesus Christ. My friend, this morning I know Him. You say, well preacher, I've I've never seen it. I've never seen Him. My friend, this morning I want you to understand. I told you here a couple, two, three weeks ago that the Lord spoke to Moses and He said, no man has seen my face and lived. My friend, I've never seen His face. But I take into account what Job says. He said, one day these eyes shall behold Him. He said, one day I'm going to see Him. My friend, I'm looking forward to that day. But I want you to know and understand this morning. I'll get back to that just here in a moment. He said there were four leprous men uh, at the entering of the gate. And they said one to another, why sit here until we die? I began to think about what it is to have leprosy. and What it is as a, uh, what it is as a type of picture, it's a shadow if you will, and a sense of sin. It's a representation of sin. I began to think about that. I thought about what Job said over there in the 14th chapter, I believe it is, of Job. And he said, who can bring a clean thing out of an unclean thing? And he said, no man. No man is able to, but God can. No man can do it, but God can do it. God can bring bring a clean thing out of an unclean thing. This morning, I want you to know and understand This morning, in the eyes of God, if you're here and lost, you're unclean in the sight of God. You're separated from Him. This morning, I want you to know that the only way that you can get that fixed up is if you go to the Lord. That's the only way. Now these four leprous men sat there. They were sitting at the gate, at the entering of the gate, and they said one to another, Why sit here till we die? These lepers, uh, because of uh, the law there that we read about in Leviticus, and we'll get there just in a moment, there were certain criteria that these lepers had to go through. And if they had uh, this disease on their skin, they were not permitted to be inside the gate. They weren't permitted to be in there. They had to go through an inspection. They had to go through uh, being observed by the priest. And they had to uh, follow and do certain things. Uh, Even their houses had to be observed. And if their houses weren't clean, uh, they had to be torn down. There was a lot of things that they had to go through. They were sitting outside the gate. Now I want you to understand something this morning. This city, they were eating each other's children. Uh, They were uh, eating uh, the price of a donkey's head was Outrageous. And here it is that Elijah had said, he said, tomorrow about this time, he said, "Uh, it'll be about the price of a penny. And that's the reason why the king said, there's just no what. These people are starving inside the city. Now I want you to think about just how much these lepers were starving outside the city gate. More than likely, Their substance would have just come from trash that was being thrown over the wall. They were getting just the scraps. They were getting just the bare minimum to keep them alive. They were dying. Not only did they have a disease, but they were dying because they had nothing to eat. They had no substance. And they said, why sit here until we die? My friend, this morning, as I began to think about here uh, just a couple of two or three weeks ago, uh, we had the opportunity to go out to Kansas and preach out there at a little church in in, uh, Emporia, Kansas. And uh, there was a little church out there called Cedar Cross. And boy, I began to stand, and, and not just me, there was other preachers, and we began to stand and preach. And my friend, there was a little lady there, she's about 12 or 13 years old, and my friend, as uh, the word of God began to prick her heart, she began to make a move. She began to make a move towards the altar. She began to seek the one that could help her. She knew that I couldn't save her. She knew Mom and Daddy couldn't save her. But bless her heart, she was running towards that altar. You remember that, Sister Kathy? Well, I tell you, it just bless my heart. We're living now in a day and time that it's hard to even see lost people make a move. But honey, I'm telling you this morning, these lepers sit there and they said, why sit here till we die? My friend, this morning, why, if you're here and lost, do you keep sitting there and sitting there Sunday after Sunday, Sunday after Sunday, and you're dead? And my friend, you're dying. And don't you know, if you die in that shape, hell will be where you'll go. Why do you continue to sit there and sit there These lepers knew that they stood no hope there at the gate. They said, we stand here at the gate. And yet there's no substance for us. They said, if we enter into the city, the famine is in the city and we shall die there. And if we sit here, we die also. My friend, if you never make a move towards Christ, if you never make a move towards Him, if you never go to Him, fully trusting in Him and placing your faith in Him, my friend, you'll die and go to hell. You've got to make a move. I'm not talking about physically in the body. I'm not talking about getting up. But listen, this altar's a good place to come. And I believe it is. I love what the altar stands for. I believe it's a great thing. But my friend, you've got to make a move with your heart this morning. You've got to make a move with your heart. For it's by the heart man believes upon righteousness. And with the mouth a confession is made. It's by the heart. You've got to be willing to move when God's dealing with you. You've got to go to Him. He's the only one that can help you. Mama and Daddy... Some of my children has been asking questions. That terrifies me. I told him and I said, Son, only God can do it. Daddy can't help you. And it terrifies me as a parent. But I told you earlier what I want more for them than anything in this world is to know Him. I want them to know Him. And there's going to come a day and time when they're going to have to make that move just like I did. They said, we sit here at the city and the famine is here and if we sit here we die. He said, and if we uh, sit right here He said, if we go in the city the famine's there and if we sit here we die. He said, therefore come and let us fall into the host of the Syrians. If they save us alive, we shall live, and if they kill us, we shall die. Now listen, God was already in the works. My friend, God had already spoken through the prophet Elisha. And he said tomorrow about this time, God was already in the works. And my friend, this morning, if you're here and lost, God is already in the works. He knows your condition. He knows everything about you this morning. He knows the very hair on your head. He knows if you're here and lost. I told you before, listen, you might lie to me. You might be able to lie to your mom and daddy. You might be able to lie to your grandparents. Listen, but you will not deceive God. You'll not deceive Him. He knows your heart. He knows everything about you this morning. He knows if you know Him. He knows if you have an experience with Him. He knows if you've got a time and a place. I'm not so much concerned uh, about the time. But my friend, uh, this morning I believe you ought to know when it happened to you. I can't tell you what time it was on the clock. But boy, I know that it was at night time. I can't even remember the day. You say, well, that's how bad my memory is. I can't remember the day, But I know that it was in July of 1996. Listen to me. It's something you know. It's something you can feel. It's something that you know that's real. God is already in the works this morning. He said, huh. He said, the Syrians, the Lord had made them to hear a great noise of host. He said, uh, uh, they began to think that uh, uh, the king of Israel had hired some uh, some foreign, uh, different kingdom to come, whether it be the Egyptians or whether it be the Hittites. Uh, maybe he had hired them to come and they fled and they left everything they had. He says, therefore they arose and fled in the twilight left their tents and their horses and their asses and they even the camp as it was, and they fled for their life. And when these lepers came to the othermost part of the camp, they went into one tent and did eat and drink and carried thence silver and gold and raiment and went and hid it. And came again and entered into another tent and carried thence also and went and hid it. I want to look over here for just a moment. Bear with me. In the 13th chapter of the book of Leviticus, In the 46th verse. Book of Leviticus in the 13th chapter 46 verse. He said, All the days wherein the plague shall be in him, he shall be defiled. He is unclean. And he shall dwell alone. Without the camp shall his habitation be. He was talking about those that had lepers. And my friend, this morning, I want you to know that uh, your habitation My friend, that's where you'll be is outside the camp. Outside the camp of God is where you'll be and where you'll be uh, throughout all eternity, my friend, unless you come to God and place your faith and trust in Him. My friend, that's where you'll be because you're unclean. You say, well, preacher, you sin. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. But my friend, what God has sealed up in here, what He has fixed, it is clean. It is righteous. This right in here is what is righteous. This is what's clean. I've told you before that there ain't nothing good about me except what God me. So this morning I want you to know and understand that as Job said, who can bring a clean thing out of an unclean thing? No man, but God. I want you to listen over here in the 8th chapter of Matthew after he'd come down from the Sermon on the Mount. 8th chapter of Matthew. When he came down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. And behold, there came a leper and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. And Jesus put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will, be thou clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. And Jesus saith unto him, See, thou tell no man, but go thy way and show thyself to the priest, and offer the gift that Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. My friend, I want you to know and understand that no man was to touch the lepers. They were to dwell outside the camp. They were to have a covering on their upper lip, saying, Unclean, unclean. But this leper, after Jesus had come down from the Sermon on the Mount, he came to him and worshiped him. And he said, Lord, will you make me clean? He said, I just want to get fixed up. He said, only you can make me clean. And Jesus reaching forth his hand, he touched him and made him clean. My friend, this morning, ain't you glad if you've been saved and bought by the blood of Jesus? Ain't you glad this morning that Jesus has touched you and made you clean? That's the only clean part about me is what God has done for me. I want to say this John was talking to a man over here in the third chapter of the Gospel of John. He was talking to a man by Nicodemus. He was a Pharisee, a ruler of the Jews, the Bible says, said he came to him by night. He had questions. I believe he was a little embarrassed. I believe he didn't want to be seen. But he came to the Lord and he said, This came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art our teacher come from God. No man can do these things thou doest except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? How can he enter into the second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered and said, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I say unto ye, You must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, and it cannot tell whence it cometh. And where it goeth, but it is every one that is born of the Spirit. And Nicodemus answered and said unto him, How can these things be? And maybe this morning you might be asking yourself, How can these things be? I don't understand. Listen, there's a lot about this book that I don't understand. John made, he made a statement there in his gospel account. He said the books cannot contain the things that Jesus has done. Uh, This morning the world cannot contain everything that He's doing. He is the beginning and He is the end. There's no way that the world can contain it all. I don't understand it all. But I'll tell you today, I'm thankful that I know that I've been born again by the Spirit of God. He said, I don't understand. Are you telling me that I have to enter into my mother's womb again? He said, no. He said, do you not understand how the Spirit of God moves? Boy, I tell you what. You ever sit outside and the spring times are coming up? You ever sit outside on a spring day and you look out and you can see the... uh, You can't, you know, we can feel the wind. But boy, you get to see it rustling on those leaves out there as they begin to sprout out. And you know the wind is blowing. I'm thankful that's how the Spirit of God is. My friend, I don't always know what direction it's coming from, but boy, I can see the effects there of it from time to time. Listen... He says this over here. He said, Whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have eternal life. everlasting life. For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. He that believeth on Him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath. Not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Listen to me this morning. You must believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Faith come by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. For by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves. For it's a gift of God. uh, Listen. I realized this morning... That through and by faith, look into Jesus Christ. Placing your faith and trust in Him. He said, if you believe, you've got everlasting life. He said, but if you fail to believe, He said, you're condemned already. Condemned to what? That means you're guilty standing in the presence of God Himself. And as Brother Don said, He's coming to judge this earth one day after a while. And He'll separate the goats and the sheep. He's coming one day. I don't know when, but my friend, be ready and make preparations. He said, if you fail to believe, you're condemned already. Condemned to what? Condemned to a place called hell that He prepared for the devil and his angels. He's made a place for you and for me. He told His disciples over there, and I know He was talking to His disciples, but He told them, He said, let not your heart be troubled. He said, you believe in... I'll, I'll mess that up on. He said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions, and if it were no so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. Now I know He was talking to His disciples, but my friend, He's going to prepare a place for the whole world. Listen, He doesn't desire you to go to that place called hell. He's made a way. He said, "Believe on me. Believe the things that I've done. I don't. I've been watching that show here lately called Chosen. And listen, I don't know if you've ever watched it. And I'm not sitting here and that's, I will promote it. It's a great show to watch. Listen, I'm telling you, when you begin to watch it, I, I've been sitting there in the living room the last couple of weeks, and my heart just felt like it's about to bust out of my chest." When you begin to see what God has done, the miracles that He's done, the things that He's done, it'll flood your soul when you begin to read about it. And then God begins to show you. Listen, the greatest miracle that He's ever done in my life is saving my soul. He's brought something that was dead and unclean, unfit, something that was filthy as rags. It was no good. It was no count. And he touched me one time. He touched me one time. And he cleaned it all up. He doesn't desire you to go to that awful place called hell. No, he doesn't. But I want you to know and understand. He said this morning, that place called hell, he said it's where the worm dies not. He said the fire is not queen. What that means is that place burns. For listen to me this morning. That place burns forever. I told you before, I'm looking forward to going to heaven and being there a million years. Millions and millions. It'll never end. But my friend, if you die in your sin and you go to hell, you'll spend forever and ever and ever in that place of torment. To be separated. We sang that song, Glad Reunion Day, earlier. It'll be a glad reunion day for me, but what about those down there that's burning forever and ever in hell? Gospel Luke says this. 16th chapter. I'm trying to hurry. He said there was a rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared subtly every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, which laid at the gate full of sores and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. He said, Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores, and it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried away by the angels into Abraham's bosom, and the rich man died and was buried. And in hell he lifted up his eyes, being in torment, seeth Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. He cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. Seeing Lazarus that he might dip the tip of a finger of water, dip the, dip the tip of his finger in water to cool my tongue. For I am tormented in this flame. And Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in this life receivest the good things, and likewise Lazarus the evil things. But now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. And besides all this, between us there is a great gulf fixed so that they would pass from hence that you cannot, neither they can pass to us that would come from thence. And he said, I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house. For I have five brethren that they may testify unto them, they shall come into this place of torment. And Abraham said unto him, They have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if, I, if one went from them from the dead, they would repent. And he said unto him, If they would hear not Moses and the prophets, neither would they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. And I know this morning this message is simple, uh, but I want you to know that these leprous men had laid there at the gate, and uh, the thing that they feared the most, uh, the thing that they dreaded the most, as they made their way into that camp, uh, my friend, they found the treasures that lay there, and they went to hide those things. Listen to me this morning. They went into another ten and they went and hid those things. And they said, boy, we ought not do this unless some mischief come upon us. We need to go tell the city. We need to go tell the king. This morning, if God has done something for you, you need to let somebody know. Don't hide that, what God has done for you. And I'm telling you, it will be the greatest gift that you've ever received. It will be the greatest thing that you've ever experienced don't be like that rich young ruler over there who, he said, Lord, he said, uh, Jesus said, why callest me thou good? He said, From my youth up, I followed those commandments. He said, listen, this morning you might be sitting there thinking that you've been pretty good, and, but the Bible says that there's none good, no, not one. God, there's none of us that do any good. But I'll tell you this morning that just as much as heaven is real, there's a place called hell that's real. And I've heard people say, well, preacher, that's just a parable. I'm telling you now that there was a man called Lazarus, and I believe he was real. And I believe there was a man called, he was a rich man. He's not named to us. And I believe he was real as well. But I'll say this, Lazarus got to go to heaven. I'm about to close. And that rich man, he opened up his eyes and he was in torment. God has made a way for you today. You don't have to open your eyes up in that place of torment. You don't have to uh, be in torment for all eternity. You say, well, preacher, I've been pretty good. As a nine-year-old little boy, I thought I'd been pretty good. I thought I'd been a pretty good little boy. I'm telling you, that preacher... Thomas Carter, he's been done, went on to home be with the Lord, but he began to preach, and he preached to me. He was preaching to me that night. And as he preached, I'll tell you, uh, my friend, that I was scared to death that I was going to hell. It become real to me. I was terrified of that place called hell. As David said, he said, I was brought low, and the pains of hell got upon me. My friend, it was on me that night. I was terrified of that place. It's real, it's burning right now. And that rich man, he opened up his eyes and he said, send Lazarus back, that he might dip his finger in water, that it might cool my tongue. And he said, you've received the good things. What good would that one drop have done him? He said, besides, there's a great goal fixed. He said, you can't pass between. I don't know about y'all. I tend to believe that one of the torments of hell is that they can get a view over there. I believe they'll remember everything that they've heard. I believe they'll hear the preaching of the gospel from days gone by. I believe right now. Listen, I believe in my heart this morning that there's people in hell that's crying out saying, I believe now, Lord. I believe. I believe. Would you send one back from the dead to go warn my five brethren? He said, unless they listened to the word of Moses of the prophets, one coming from the dead wouldn't do him no good. Listen, there's one that's rose from the dead this morning. His name is Jesus. He's conquered death, hell, and the grave. He's made a way for you that you might know Him and love Him. You don't have to come up here to this altar. <laughs> but I love you this morning. Sister Emma said that that song go tell him about me. I want to tell the world about what He's done for me. And I don't want you to die and burn forever throughout all eternity in that place called hell. I want you to come and know what it feels like to be born again. To have that experience. To know what it feels like this morning. Listen to me this morning. Maybe you've been sitting there. Maybe you've sat there for 30 years and never made a move towards God. Make a move towards Him. I've heard people say, I've heard people say, I've tried Him before. Bless your heart, keep trying. Keep trying until you know what it feels like in here. Keep trying. You come to Him with that broken heart and that contrite spirit, and you give it all over to Him. Just like those lepers said, if we die here, we perish. Listen, you may have to come and say, Lord, if it requires my life, I want to be saved. Wouldn't it be worth it? You say, well, preacher, you're talking about... Listen. Fear not the one that can destroy the body. But fear the one that can destroy the body and the soul. Listen this morning. Come and turn it all over to the one that can heal you all the way. Who can bring a clean thing out of an unclean thing? No man can. But God. The thing you may very well be fearing this morning will be the greatest thing that's ever happened to you in your life. Won't you come? Brother, if you'll get us a song. I know this has been scattered, and I know I've made a mess out of it. But if God is knocking on your heart, I don't want you to go to that place called hell. Don't nobody here want you to go to that place called hell. And most of all, God doesn't want you to go to that place called hell. Won't you come and seek the Lord today? Won't you come and try Him? He wants you to know Him and know Him intimately. Come and seek the Lord.